that's the living in reality because we're all in the same predicament. And because we're all in the same predicament, we're being more transparent, which we kind of don't have a choice at this moment but to be transparent. Uh, you know, if, if you look at the corporate world, you know, where we normally have our conference calls, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's buttoned up a certain way. Or if we're in our conference boardroom and we're having meetings, it's a certain way. And nowadays when we have meetings, conference calls, it's all right when we hear kids in the background, dogs in the background. It's all right when spouses are in the background and things like that. Why? Because we're all stuck at home. We're in the same predicament. And we're being real and transparent now because we really don't have a choice. And I like real and transparency. Amen. And I just appreciate that. It's unfortunate we're losing so many lives. It's unfortunate that our financial um, situation is, is where it is. Uh, but aside from those two things, which are, <laughs> there are no, nothing to sneeze at. There are great big issues that we're dealing with and we'll continue to deal with. But I just appreciate all of the other things that is transpiring because I believe we're, 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 we're establishing a new norm. Mm. Uh, we really are because even when uh, we think this could calm down a little bit because this is never going away. <laughs> this is never going away. The flu never went away. And so if this is a flu virus, a respiratory virus, I don't see it going away. It's just that we're going to learn how to deal with it. And just like how we have flu shots, we're going to have coronavirus shots. And we just go on. And so it's not going away, but we can manage it um, because we have some idea of what it is. But I just appreciate just the family of God and just people in general now, how we have shown so much courtesy and love towards one another, and we're being transparent and real with one another. And that part of what we're experiencing, I really appreciate. So God is up to something. Somebody say amen. amen. And uh, he knows best. And uh, while we can't comprehend sometimes why he allows some things, because he don't do certain things we think he does, he allows it, okay? Because he's all powerful that he can stop whatever he wants, and he can do whatever he wants. But um, evil, God don't. God, God, God is just there saying, "Hey, I can allow this, or I, I can prevent it." And for whatever reason, He did not prevent this, and we're experiencing it. So that that's that's just when we get to heaven, we'll talk to Him about certain things, right? Amen. 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 Welcome to Christ Center Church, a Christ uh, where Christ our central focus. That's who we focus on. It's all about Him. He is the foundation. He is the uh, maker. He is the author and finisher. He is everything. And so he is our central focus. And so if your focus is anything else other than Christ, uh, you might want to change your focus this morning because without him, we are nothing. And so we are grateful this morning to be a Christ-centered people. And I'm glad that we can get together one more time. One, somebody say one more time. Old time folks used to sing, this could be our last time. I don't know. <laughs> they knew something, and they knew that the rapture could take place at any time. And so every opportunity we get to come together as the body of Christ, it could be our last time here on this earth. I don't know. It's up to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we need to take full advantage of every opportunity the Lord gives us. And so he has given us an opportunity today to worship him to adore him, to praise him, to receive from him whatever he will impart to us and allow us the opportunity 
to empower one another, to, to just be a blessing to one another, to minister to one another. And so let's take full advantage today of what the Lord will do. We are not going to be, and we have not been, from what I gather, we're not spectators. We're not just watching this service. We are a part of this service. We are involved in this service. And so wherever you are, clap your hands. Wherever you are, open up your mouth and shout. Wherever you are, run around the living room, run around the kitchen, jump off the bed, and just do a nice little dance real quick because God is present all place all at once amen. amen got my cologne on this morning and so i'm feeling good i'm ready to go i don't know about you you have your cologne on but i have my cologne on amen hallelujah i see a brother trying to get off the bed to run to his dresser to get some cologne you're in your pajamas <laughs> Thomas, he's trying to get to his dress and spray his cologne. Never mind. Well, you know what? Go ahead. If she's all right with it, pajama and cologne, no bath, that's all right. Go ahead, brother. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I love you, church, and I appreciate just being a family, a body that God has called us to be. Amen. I want you to be sure that um, you share all of our social media platform with those that you're connected with. Continue to share um, I can't tell you how much we have um, experienced our viewership going up and how much our participation have gone up, and it's just because you all are sharing. You're sharing all of our social media platform with your family, with your friends, with your co-workers. Continue to do it. Don't be shy. This is not the time to be shy. This, there's never been a better moment. It could be, but from my lifetime, there hasn't been a better moment that I can remember for us to share Jesus with people and they respond in a polite way, respond in a, in a way of, of, of just appreciation. And so share it, share it. It's okay. They're not going to bite your head off if they don't want it. Share the link. Tell them, listen to the messages. Tell them to just see if God is saying something to their heart. Share all of our social media platform so we can experience a great move of God. God is moving throughout the earth. And during this time, I believe many people are going to be saved. Amen. Amen. We're going to go before the Lord in prayer. So if you will stand with me this morning, we are going to go before the Lord in prayer. And we have much to pray about. We've been praying and we will continue to pray. Amen. Amen. I'm, I, I thank God for just prayer that, you know, it, it's part of our DNA as the church, as the people of God. And so prayer is very important. And so I want you to join with me. I just got a message this morning from my dad, um, Brother Barrett, and um, his family. Um, they're struggling with symptoms from the virus. Mm. And so um, we need for you to pray for Derek Barrett and his family, that God will touch them in a special way, and that he will re eradicate any disease, any virus, any ailments, and that he will make them whole. And I want to say to um, Brother Barrett and his family, um, don't you worry. Just fight this thing. Yes, Trust God. Amen. Do what you're supposed to do. Taking lots of fluids. Uh, vitamin C, vitamin D is good. Um, drink a lot of um, um, hot liquid, tea, soup. Um, take care of yourself. And um, you will see the power of God in your life if you will take care of yourself, keep praying, keep trusting God. And we're going to pray as a family this morning for all of you. 
So I just want you to just look to the Lord Jesus Christ. He has brought you this far. He has brought you through. And amen, God wants to do something great in your life today. And so right where you are, God will touch you right where you are. God can move on you in such a powerful way that his spirit will overshadow you. So pray for the Barrett family. Amen. Continue to pray for Sister Sylvia and Mama Allen that God will keep them and strengthen them. Um, continue to pray for the Thomases and the Scarlets. Um, just continue to lift up the name of Jesus for our church family. I have a couple of people that I need to get in touch with today. I'm always checking on everybody. If I don't check with you directly, believe me, the person that's closest to you, I've already checked with them. <laughs> so even if you don't hear from me directly, I'm checking on you because the person that's closest to you, I have already reached out to them and say, what about so-and-so? What about so-and-so? Amen. I was getting ready to call Brother Wood um, last week sometime, and then I got a little note from him in the mail. I said, okay, he's good. And um, Brother Wood, uh, I appreciate you, love you, and uh, thank God for you and your family. And so I, I'm staying in touch with as much people as I can. I gave um, Brother Rohan a hard time because I hadn't seen him tune into the services. So I'm like, what's going on with Rohan? So I called him yesterday, actually texted him yesterday. And, oh, you know, you always give me a story. But, Pastor, I'm going to be on this morning. I said, dude, it's not like you had a driver from Philly to the church. All you got to do is get up. He's like, you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> so I mentioned Rohan yesterday. So I'm just trying my best to reach out to all of you. Sister Rizla. You've got a guest today, so just keep on. Don't leave the house after church. You stay right there, Sister Rizzo. Amen. All right, let's pray and ask God to bless the body and the people that we've mentioned in our service today that God will do what he needs to do in us and through us, and let's have a great move of God today in our service. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you and we bless your name, for there is none like you. You are the king of all things, Lord God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We're so grateful that we can come to you, Lord God, that we have you, Lord God. You are our hope. You are our source. And this morning we come before you, Lord God, asking and petitioning that you'll move mightily and miraculously in the Barrett's home. I pray, Father, that you, oh God, will touch them. And that by your stripe, Lord God, they will experience miraculous healing from the crown of their head to the sole of their feet. That the Spirit of the Lord, O oh God, will move upon them, eradicating every sickness, every disease, every virus. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that the power of God will overshadow them. And that healing will begin to flow. And they will begin to be made whole. And they will begin to experience healing and strength. And, oh God, sickness being released from them. They will begin to experience it even now, Lord God. That the power of God will move in their soul and their spirit, Lord. Bless them and touch them. Heal them like never before, Lord God, I pray and ask in the name of Jesus. Continue to strengthen Sister Thomas and the Scarlet family and the rest of the Thomas's family, Lord God. I pray this morning from Sister Sylvia and Mama Allen that the power of God will move 
upon them. That the power of God will strengthen them. Oh, Father, will you touch them in a divine and miraculous way, Lord God? Will you fill their home with the power and the glory from on high? Will you work a work in their heart and in their life this morning, Lord God? I pray and ask, Lord Jesus, that you'll touch Brother Chuby and his family, Lord God. That the power of God move them, Lord God, to strength and wholeness and healing. In the name of Jesus, Lord, will you show yourself mighty among us and in the body today as we worship you, as we share the word of God. I pray that you will show yourself mighty and miraculous among us and in us. That, Lord, we will see the supernatural power of God revealed. That there will be healing as the service is moving. That there will be deliverance. That there will be salvation. That there will be healing and wholeness and deliverance. In the name of Jesus Christ. And, Lord, the gifts of the Spirit will operate today. And the power of God will be revealed. I pray, oh God, that you will do what only you can do today. For God, we will praise you. We will bless your name. We will worship and honor you. You are our King. It's you, Lord God, that made us and not we ourselves. Oh God, we are your people and the sheep of your pastor. We enter your gates today with thanksgiving and your courts with praise. We're thankful unto you and we bless your name for you are good, your mercy everlasting and your truth endure it to all generations. Somebody need to clap their hands and say in the name of Jesus and thank him this morning for God is great and greatly to be praised. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, blessed be the name of Jesus. Thank you so much for praying with us. Amen. Remain standing. Somebody say it's offering time. Amen. Get your offering in your hand. Before I forget, next week, Sunday, we're going to do special offering. You hear that, Sister Riego? Next week's offering, we're going to do special offering. So we're here to receive our offering this morning. Please, I want you to be blessed, and I want you to give so God can preserve you, so God can bless your finances and add to it and make sure that the, 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 the devourer will not come and devour what you have. And so I want you to get your offering in your hand. I'm going to pray for you. Pray that God continue to bless you. Now, I want to make mention of this. Um, I'll say it again. Please, if you have a need, if there's a struggle, if there's a situation where you need some support, we're a family. Amen. We're a body. And we need to take care of each other. And so if you have a need, if there's a struggle and you need some assistance, please reach out to me. Or if you don't have my um, connection, my number, reach out to someone that has it and get in touch with me. Share the message with someone. But our church is going to make sure we take care of each other Amen. in every way, shape, and fashion. We're going to take care of each other. And so if you have a need, we want to make sure we take care. We help you in whatever way. Don't let pride get in the way. Don't let anything get in the way. If you have a need, just reach out and say, hey, is there any way anyone can help in this area or in that area? Don't be embarrassed. Every one of us will need help at some point in time. Amen. There is nobody 
like Jesus. Amen. And so all of us will always need some help from each other. Only Jesus don't need help. And, and even him that don't need help, he allow us to help him. Amen. So don't be embarrassed to say, I need help. So I, please reach out and, and get in touch with us. We want to help in any way we can. So give this morning because we're given to the cause of Jesus Christ. We're not given to the cause of man. And we want the will of God to be done. So give this morning that God can bless you and take care of your finances. And so the church can continue to move forward and do what it's supposed to do on the earth. The church won't always be in the earth. There's a time coming where Jesus will return and he'll rapture his church out of the earth. So as we're here, let's do what we're supposed to do as the church, as the body of Christ. Offer it in your hand. Father, we thank you for all your provision. We thank you, Lord God, for blessing us. Lord, there's so many of us that are still working, so many of us that still have jobs, so many of us that still can function and be able to do what we need to do financially. We're not starving, Lord God. And so, Lord, we know that you've taken care of us. You said you've never seen the righteous forsaken nor seed begging bread. And so, Lord, we pray this morning that as we come in obedience to give unto you, Lord God, that you'll receive our offering and that, Lord Jesus, you will multiply it and use it for your intended purpose. And that, Lord Jesus, every giver this morning will be blessed. And, Lord, you will multiply and give back to them 100-fold. I pray this morning, Lord God, that the blessings of the Lord will flow financially upon this church, upon every individual in this church. And that the blessings, Lord God, will be used to be a blessing to others. We thank you and praise you for all these things we pray. In Jesus' name, let's give unto the Lord as we have the Scarlet Brothers to come and minister in song.
My God. What an awesome rendition that Brother Scarlett and Brother Josiah just delivered unto us. But they were playing Sister Scarlett. I said, boy, if I was Sister Scarlett, I had them redo that later on. <laughs> I'm serious. It was just that good. I'm Sister Scarlett. I'm saying, honey, Joe, come down here and play that song again. <laughs> Amen. I thank God for them. Amen. They have been such a great blessing to all of us as they minister in songs. And so many of you look forward to hearing from them. And uh, we're grateful that God has allowed them to be a part of the body with us Amen. and we can enjoy the blessings of God Amen. and how God works through each and every one of us. Amen. 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 Oh yeah, we all have a role to play here. And if we will allow God to do what he wants to do, uh, God will certainly use you to do what he wants you to do. Absolutely. Amen. It's time for the word of the Lord. Amen. It's that time of the service. And I would like for you to get your Bibles or your device, your phone, whatever you use to uh, bring the scriptures up. I'd like for you to get it out and turn with me or tap with me to John <laughs> chapter 10. John chapter 10, verse number 17. John chapter 10, verse number 17. Amen. It's not a privilege to stand before you. Amen. I pray that I can be a blessing this morning and can help you. And when I say I being a vessel, being a blessing, I mean being a vessel of God that God can bless you through using me. Amen. John chapter 10, verse number 17. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. When you're there, say amen. 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 I know some of you are following around with the phone sometimes, trying to get your scripture. Sometimes the old-fashioned Bible still works. <laughs> Turn that page. My wife say amen because she's still using her Bible. Good for her. Amen. John chapter 10, verse number 17. Let's look what the scripture says in verse number 17. Therefore, does my father love me because I lay down my life that I might take it again? Let's go back because I don't want you to miss something. He said, Jesus, it's in red letters if you don't have that in your uh, version. Therefore, does my father love me because I, keyword there, I, because I lay down my life that I might take it again. Mm -hmm. So Jesus said, I gave my life. I laid down my life. I died willingly. And then I will again pick up that life. I will raise myself. So he gave himself willingly. He laid down his life. And he, when he was ready, which we know was three days, when he was ready, he picked his life back up. So, understand who died and who rose. Because sometimes we think, we want to say, um, God raised Jesus. Mm. <laughs> Come on. You know.
know, I got to always let you know that Jesus is God, Amen. right? You know that I got to always get that in you, right? So this just told you that Jesus laid down his life mm -hmm. and Jesus picked back up his life. He was able and had the authority to do it because he's God Almighty. God Almighty. He laid it down. He picked it up. So he didn't need someone to pick it up for him. He picked it up on his own. As a matter of fact, well, let me go on. Verse number 18 says, no man taketh it from me. He said, nobody didn't take my life, but I laid it down of myself. Mm -hmm. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. My God. So if you think that there was another God in heaven and Jesus down here on earth, that just told you, he says, I laid it down and I picked it up. He went on in the end, the scripture went on in the end and said, this commandment I received of my Father. But you got to realize, as Jesus functioned as human on the earth, he kept referring to his Father so he can show us that humans have to respond to God. So because he was operating as man, as a human being, he showed the relationship between man and God, but he was God Almighty while he was still man. But he showed us the relationship. This is why sometimes you read and says, you know, God and Jesus Christ, he is showing the relationship, how it worked with us and him. He's just doing it for us. He's not doing it because he's confused and he's trying to confuse us. No, he's showing us the relationship that if you are a human, you must pray to God. Amen. If you are a human, you must seek God. As a matter of fact, if you look in, I don't think I'm going to go through that text today. If you look in um, John chapter 11 where he rose Lazarus. If you're a Bible scholar, hear me. When, well, Brother Kellerman, you with me this morning. And when he rose Lazarus, right, Brother Henry, you're with me. When he rose Lazarus, and, and, um, he said, he prayed to God before he raised Lazarus. But he said, I do it not for you, Father, but for these people that, that, that are here. So he showed us when he raised Lazarus. He talked to the Father, so to speak. But he said, I only do it just because you that are here. But who rose Lazarus? Who Did the Father say, Lazarus, come forth? Because that's not what we read. The Bible says, and Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth. Mm -hmm. Jesus rose Lazarus, just like Jesus rose himself. Jesus is God. He is the Father. Amen. But as Son, he functioned as human like we do. Amen. Amen. Somebody say, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, bless our time today, if you will. Open up our understanding that we will receive from you. And that, Lord God, today our life will be better off because we came together worshiping you and you spoke to us, Lord God. Impart to us your truth. Impart to us clarity and understanding. Let this word take root in our heart and grow and produce good fruit that we may be transformed and become who you have created us to be. Lord, bless our time together today as we pray in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. 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 You may be seated. <laughs> well, some of you are already seated. But I know some people are with me. I know Sister Jackson was standing and reading with me. Amen. Imagine what it must have felt like to be one of the disciples 
who followed Jesus on his journey to Jerusalem in the waning days of his ministry. Jesus's followers, particularly the 12, the disciples, had put all their hopes in him. They had abandoned everything, including their careers, because they believed there was something special about this carpenter from Nazareth. Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem only heightened the disciples' expectations. Mm -hmm. Multitudes gathered about him crying, Hosanna! Hosanna! To the son of David and spreading palm branches in the streets. Jesus' next stop was the temple where he chased away the money changers before hosting an impromptu healing crusade as children chanted his praises. Church, be encouraged. We read throughout scripture, Jesus is a healer. And today, if we need him to heal us, he is our healer. Everything was unfolding just as the disciples had imagined. But it is amazing how quickly things can fall apart, isn't it? Less than a week later, the same disciples who had lobbied for a seat near Jesus' throne, they were running in fear for their lives. All hopes of earthly glory crushed. The previous three years of their lives must have seemed like a complete waste. Dreams that had seemed on the verge of fulfillment now seem more like a mockery. Mm. Jesus' enemies, authoritative foes with political and religious clout, had arranged his arrest. As the following 24 hours unfold, things went from bad to worse. The same city that had welcomed Jesus with cries of Hosanna, Hosanna, now echoed with chants of crucify him, crucify him. People can turn on you in a minute. The leaders of the Jewish faith plotted against him with the civil government lending its support. Worst of all, heaven seemed silent. You ever felt like you were praying and God wasn't listening? You ever felt like you were praying and it's like the heavens is shut up and God is not able to speak and respond to you? You ever felt that way? Well, I'm here to tell you that happened to Jesus. So if it's happened to you, be encouraged. If it happened to Jesus, it's okay if it happens to you. But don't you worry and don't you be in dismay. If heaven seems silent, it won't be forever silent. There were no miracles now. The end came quickly. Roman soldiers nailed Jesus to the cross, and within a few hours, he was dead. Joseph of Arimathea removed Jesus' body and placed it in a tomb. It was over. The miraculous ministry was over. That's how they felt. So much promise. So much hope was lost almost overnight. A week that began with tremendous expectation ended in terror, heartache, and disappointment. Hmm. Somebody be encouraged this morning. What you may think 
is the worst of the worst that you're going through, hear me? Jesus and his disciples saw days that felt worse than what you feel like your days are right now. When things go wrong, it is tempting to view ourselves as victims or failures or even a curse. Job loss, accidents, abusive relationships, financial catastrophes. All of us have had to deal with problems that were not necessarily our own making. Maybe you did not want a divorce, but it happened anyway. You never dreamed you would receive that diagnosis, but it did anyway. You experienced losing a loved one which created a void that can never be filled. You did or you are doing your best to raise your children in church, but today they are wandering far away from the house of the Lord Jesus. You did not ask for all of this, but trouble landed in your lap anyway. Today I want to talk to you on this topic. I am a victor. No matter what is going on in your circumstance, no matter what's going on in your life, in your situation, I want you to understand that if you're a child of God this morning, you are a victor. You are not a victim. You're not a failure. And you're certainly not a curse. I'm here to tell you Jesus wanted me to let you know this morning, you're a victor and life is not over. The situation will end. You will soar and you will be who God called you to be. You will fulfill your purpose because you are a victor. You are a victor. Because of God's victory, we are victors. If anyone did not deserve the suffering, he endured. It was Jesus. He was tempted, but he, was, but he never sinned. He walked in perfect wisdom. He was the embodiment of wisdom and knowledge. He never made rash decisions based on pride, lust, or fickle human behavior, human emotions. When Satan presented Jesus with the opportunity to seize worldly glory and power for himself, Jesus refused the offer, choosing instead to walk the path predetermined for him since the foundation of the world. Church, I know sometimes we're looking for the easy way out. We're looking for an escape. But God has a predetermined journey for you, for your walk in Him. And whether it's hard at this moment, challenging at this moment, or not too bad, you need to stay the course. You need to continue on that journey that God has already predestined for you. He predestinated His journey for when He came to earth. And so if His journey was predestinated, then your journey is predestinated. You just have to stay on course. You just have to keep going and don't go off course. Amen. Come on. Have your way. Philippians 2 and 5. One of my favorite portions of scriptures. I love it. It says in verse 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. I love that. Because we want our minds to function the way we want to function. But we need to say this mind is filthy, it's corrupt, and it's, it's not always right. But if I can get the mind of Christ to operate in me, oh my goodness, I'll be 
oh, victorious in all my situations. I will always stay the course. Verse 6 says, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Here we go. Verse 7, but made himself of no reputation. You hear me say this all the time. I don't care about my reputation with man. If God allowed my reputation to be a good one, then thank you, Jesus. But if God don't allow my reputation to be a good one, then it's up to him. I will try to do my best to be obedient and follow God and obey God. But my reputation is not up to me. My reputation is up to Jesus. And for all of us that are trying to make our reputation be what we want it to be, we're out order. We need to make our reputation be what Jesus says it needs to be. The Bible says Jesus made not himself of any reputation. He didn't come to say, look, I'm the king of kings. Look, I'm the Lord of lords. That's why you read through scripture and you want to wonder why he never say, I, Jesus, I am the almighty God. Why? Why he never really said who I am? Why he told the disciples and the people that he healed and did miracles? Don't tell anybody that I did it. Because he was making himself of no reputation. He didn't want you to go out and say, oh, look who he is. He's this and he's that. He made himself of no reputation. He came to do what he was predestinated to do. He came to do what he was ordained to do. And he wasn't worried about no reputation. He made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. We don't like to be called servants. We don't like to operate and say, I'm a servant. I love to say, I'm a servant. I love to say, I serve this church and I serve the Lord Jesus Christ because I understand I'm a servant. I understand that because if he says he became a servant, made himself of no reputation, I'm good. I'm in good company being a servant. Don't, don't, don't look down at what the word servant represents because you feel like, oh man, that's like low. He made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Almighty God did all that. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. And became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. cross. You telling me Almighty God humbled Himself? He's God. He created everything. Right. Well, He got to humble Himself. He can walk around with His chest stuck out. Mm. He's a shot caller. Why wouldn't He just go ahead and just just be who He is? Right. He made Himself of no reputation. He humbled Himself. Mm. He knew. That the road would lead to the cross, but he chose to travel it anyway. Church, don't deceive yourself to think that your life is going to be a bed of roses when you get saved. And that you're going to enjoy just the blessings of God and all the great things from now till the day you die or from from now till the day you rapture out of here. All of us 
will have some issues and some struggles. And in our predestinated life, there's going to be some turmoil. There's going to be some suffering. There's going to be some hurt and some pain and some challenges. But if it happened to Jesus, I'm in good company. It's all right for it to happen to me. I just got to stay the course and keep going on my journey because I'm predestined for victory. None of us can make a similar claim when presented with opportunities to take the easy road and disregard God's plan, we have given in. We choose the pleasures of sin for a season. We fail to resist temptation of the moment. We knew better, but we did it anyhow. We failed to keep our mouths shut. We neglected our responsibilities. We squandered golden opportunities and took people for granted. Those are the things that we did when faced with them and Jesus, he was here perfectly living the life that he's supposed to live. Oh, church, we got to realize that we're going to make mistakes. We're going to go through situations. We're going to experience hurt and pain. It won't just be great all the time. You won't be at the top of the mountain all the time. But just know and be assured, you're still a victor at the end. Somebody clap their hands onto the Lord. Does all of this mean we are condemned to a life of suffering, misery, and defeat? Is tomorrow filled with nothing but despair and regret? Is there hope for the future? Or are we trapped in the clutches of our enemy watching helplessly as the tears of our lives, as, as the enemy tears our lives apart? Somebody say, no, sir. There is good news for those who have obtained faith through Jesus Christ and his sacrifice at Calvary. Somebody say, there's good news. There's good news. Come on, somebody say it with me this morning. There is good news for those who have obtained faith through Jesus Christ and his sacrifice at Calvary. If we will receive faith by revelation of God revealing himself to us. If we will receive it, we have good news. But if we reject the knowledge of God, then we may be doomed. Come on, come on, come on, you're preaching. There is good news for those who have obtained faith through Jesus Christ and his sacrifice at Calvary. And... Since we have faith, then we obey the plan of salvation by repenting of our sins, being baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ, not in the titles Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, and receiving the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Church, I can't tell you, I can't stop telling you about the salvation of the Lord, because I believe that there's so many people that may have done it wrong, that may have not understood it correctly, and I'm here to try my very best uh, to preach the word of God uh, to let you know what true salvation is, uh, how you obtain true salvation, uh, and we obtain true salvation uh, through uh, faith, uh, the revelation of who Jesus is uh, and when you come to know who Jesus is, uh, we just read uh, that almighty God became a man uh, who humbled himself uh, who said 
I will walk this journey knowing that I'm going to have to lay down my life. Knowing I'm going to have to pick my life up again. He didn't resist it. He became a man and stayed the course. And today, if we have that knowledge, we have obtained faith. But now we need to ask ourselves with that kind of knowledge, what should happen in your heart? What should happen in your mind when you do what Almighty God has done? What he has gone through for you to obtain salvation. It's not just speaking words, but we must do something to be saved if he did something for us to be saved. Hallelujah. Mighty God. Listen, we can't earn salvation. Works cannot get us salvation. I understand that. But in spite of that, we still have to do what he says we must do in order to obtain salvation. And what he says, if you go and you look at Acts chapter 2, starting verse 36 through verse 39, you will see that when people got an understanding of who Jesus is, that he was God in the flesh, which means he went through a whole lot of stuff to become one of us. Because that's not how he created the world. He created the world as the invisible God. But when it came to us, he became like us. My God. And if we went through all of that, and you understand that, how should that make you feel that he allowed people to beat him? That he allowed people to spit on him? That he allowed people to mock him? That he allowed people to jeer him? That he allowed people to treat him wrong just so he can get to the cross to be that sacrifice that we needed so we can be saved? If we know that, what should we do? Should we be arguing about how to be saved? Or should we just say, show me how I need to be saved. Show me how I need to live for God. Show me how I need to get right. If he did all of that, let's not debate about how to be saved. Let's just say, how do I need to get saved? Show me in the word of God how I need to be saved. And let's just do it. Let's just obey it. Because he has done wonderful and miraculous things so we can have that privilege. God. Hallelujah. Yes. Glory. Yes. Glory. So when you hear someone say, in order to obtain salvation, you must come to understand who Jesus is, that he's God Almighty. You must repent of your sins. You must be baptized in water, not in titles, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, but in the name of the one who died on the cross. I can mess with you and say to you, but this is not a, a, a theology class today. This is a Sunday morning worship service. But I will tell you this. If you want to get technical, did the Father die on the cross? Answer that one. Let, if we want to be technical, because we know the Father is invisible. So did the Father die on the cross? No, the Father didn't die on the cross. Did the Holy Ghost die on the cross? No, the Holy Ghost didn't die on the cross. Then who died on the cross? Jesus Christ. So why do we need to receive salvation in the titles Father, Son, Holy Ghost? When the Father didn't die. When the Holy Ghost didn't die. It was Jesus that died. So can we just stop right there and say, I need to just receive salvation in the name of the one who died for me? It's simple. Don't debate it. 
He went through too much. It's Jesus that went through all of it. So it's okay that when you're getting submerged for baptism, we speak over you the name of the Lord Jesus and submerge you in water because that's who came and gave his life for you. Jesus Christ, God Almighty. But he came and became one of us. So let's not debate how to be saved. If truly our heart is moved uh, by godly sorrows because of what we know he did for us, it wouldn't be a debate. It wouldn't be a debate. But if, but, but if we're just always angling, trying to look for the easy way out, then okay. I hear you. Satan's apparent triumph at the cross contained the seeds of his ultimate defeat. When the Roman soldiers drove the final nail into Jesus' hands and feet, the devil imagined he had won. <laughs> but the truth was Jesus was not, but the truth was Jesus, I'm sorry, the truth was Jesus was on the cusp of the greatest victory the world had ever witnessed. Uh-huh. He was not a victim. Mm-hmm. He was not a failure. He was not a curse, even though the Bible talked about curses every man that hang on a tree. He became a curse, but he was not a curse. He was the ultimate victor. His suffering was not a prelude to defeat. It was the means by which he conquered sin and death for all humanity. Are you presently enduring some manner of suffering? The words of the Apostle Paul are still true. In 2 Timothy 2 and 12, the Word of God says, If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. Because he suffered. And I keep saying... And keep mentioning to you that if he had to go through it, and we are his children, why would we be exempt from it? Come on. Paul also wrote my favorite, one of my favorite texts here in, in, in 2 Corinthians 4 and 17. Paul wrote, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, Work it for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. I love that text. For our light affliction. It says light afflictions. Which is but for a moment. I don't care if it seems like it's two years, three years, ten years. The Bible says it's still only for a moment. Which is but for a moment. Work it a working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Listen to me. Paul knew that nothing in this life lasts forever. So whatever you're going through, you need to smile and say, this don't last forever, so I'm not going to worry about it. This will not last forever, and I'm going to know that I'm going to come out of it. I am a victor. I am not a victim. I am a victor. I am not a failure. I am a victor. I am not a curse.
hurts and whatever is going on in my life, whatever struggles I'm experiencing, whatever suffering I'm going through, I know I am going to come out of it because it's not going to last forever. I know that I will be a victor. I will reign and I will be victorious in this situation. And so I want somebody to know this morning, you will not always be in that situation. You will not always be suffering. You will not always feel and experience failure because God has made a way for victory for you. And He is the victorious one and He has made us victorious as well. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Paul knew that hardship he endured was a slight momentary affliction in comparison to how long he would enjoy God's presence. You've got to stop sometimes and say, listen, man, I'm going through it. But one day, I will be in the presence of God forever. And that's eternal. And so whatever I'm going through today, I am just going to keep pushing. I am going to keep trusting God. I am going to keep praying. I'm going to keep worshiping. I'm going to keep living right. I'm going to still obey God. Because no matter how long the situation may last, it will not last as long as me being in the presence of God. And I'm looking forward to spending eternity in the presence of God. I'm looking forward in being in God's presence. And so whatever I got to go through, whatever I got to make it through, however many suffering I got to deal with, it's all right. Because when I get into his presence, it will be for eternity. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. Paul concluded, therefore, that the troubles of this world are an extremely light burden compared to the eternal weight of glory. Afflictions last only for a short while, but the glory of God is eternal. There are no comparisons. Your affliction won't be much longer, my friend. Your affliction won't be longer, my brother. Your affliction won't be much longer, my sister. I think we all to give God praise because our affliction will not last much longer but our way of glory it is eternal just as he did on the cross Jesus Christ is turning our defeats into triumphs Satan is not winning in fact he is sowing the seeds of his own defeat at the same time, we will experience deliverance if we stay faithful and obedient to God's words. We must endure until victory comes. Victory is on its way, somebody. Amen. You are already victorious. You just got to stay the course. You, a child of God, you are already victorious. You just yes. need to stay the course. Amen. How do we endure until victory comes? Because I know for some of us, we're struggling right now. We're going through situations right now. We're going through circumstance, and right now, I, I, whatever I'm saying, you're encouraged, but you still know you're in the situation. So what should you do while you're still in the situation until you really come out in the clear, until you really start experiencing your victory? What should you do? Well, you must have confidence in God's Word. As you're in that situation, as it looks bleak, as it looks dark, as it looks like everything around you is just not working out, you must have confidence in God's Word. Amen. Our victory has already been prophesied in Scripture. God can take life's worst 
and make it out to be for our good. You know, that's Romans 8, 28. If God be for us, Paul asks, who can be against us? That's Romans 8, 31. Jesus undoubtedly took comfort in the scriptures that foretold his resurrection from the grave. When discussing that that, that event, he told his listeners, this commandment have I received of my Father. Jesus could proceed toward the cross with confidence because he had read such passages as written in Psalm 16, 10, and 11. For thou will not leave my soul in hell, neither will thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou will show me the path of life. Listen, I don't mean to take up much more of your time, but close soon. But understanding God's word and clinging to it is very important. Jesus knew the journey that he had to go on, mm -hmm. the path that he had to take. Mm -hmm. And so no matter what happened, he knew it. But as I was in the scriptures reading that, it reminded me of another one. One man called Abraham. You remember when the word of God said and God told Abraham to sacrifice his only son Isaac. I know Brother Julius remembers that. So, so, so God told Abraham to sacrifice his only son Isaac. Take him up to Mount Moriah and God will show you the place where you offer him up a sacrifice. You remember that? And Abraham followed through like a champ. Abraham just like, I got this. You know why he had it? Because God had told him that he was going to raise up uh, many, many kings and, 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 and he was going to raise up many, many people through Isaac. That's what God had told him. Through Isaac, the lineage of Isaac, the Messiah will come. Through Isaac, there was going to be great men and women that he would raise up. So when God said, take your only son Isaac and sacrifice him, Abraham knew no matter what, even if he had killed Isaac like God had told him, he would raise them back up because he knew his word. He knew God had told him, oh, through Isaac, there's going to be blessings that will flow. So how can blessings flow through Isaac when Isaac is 13 years old and he couldn't, and he couldn't do anything at that time. How could blessing flow except God give him life? My Lord, so while he was going to Mount Moriah, he wasn't worried. Mm. I got to go sacrifice my son, my only son. And he went and as he tried to sacrifice him, God said, stop. Now I know that you fear God. Mm. And so Jesus, likewise, as he's going to the cross, he wasn't going to be stopped short of death. He knew he had to go through the whole process. Right. But he went because he knew what? Third day he was going to rise. Mm -hmm. So when you know God's word, yes, Lord. as you're sitting in your stupor, as you're in your situation right now, as you're just downtrodden, as you're discouraged right now, I want you to know, go look in God's word where all his promises are yea and amen. And when you hold, get a hold of his word, you will know trouble don't last always. When you get a hold of God's word, you will say, weeping man endured for night, but joy cometh in the morning. When you get a hold of God's word, you will say, guess what? Though they slay me, yet will I trust them. Oh, somebody hear me this 
morning. You will know that God is going to bring you through if you will just keep on going. If you will look into the Word of God and say, God, I'm going to trust your Word. So while you're waiting in your struggles, while you're waiting in your suffering, while you're waiting in your pain, while you're hurting, while you're discouraged, while you're sick, while you're struggling financially, I want you to say, God, trouble don't last always. I want to say, God, I know you'll bring me through because I'm a victor. I trust you, Lord God. You are my source of everything. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Jesus knew the cross was coming, but he also knew it was not the final stop of his journey. As a man, he clung to the hope that death and destruction would give way to life. He knew suffering would not have, have the last word. You need to say that. Suffering don't have the last word. Sickness don't have the last word. Amen. Because even, even, even for some that we know they leave this world because of sickness, guess what? That wasn't the last word. That wasn't the last word. It might have been the last word here on earth. But when we get out of here because of sickness, that's not the final word. Eternal life is the final word. You know what's the final word? Well done, thy good and faithful servant. That's the final word. Not the sickness, not the pain, but the word of God is the final word. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. God's word is the final word. There is nothing more final than the Word of God. Yes, 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 yes. Amen, amen. He knew suffering would not have the last word. The Old Testament prophets already predicted his victory, and he could rest in confidence that God's promises would not fail. Would not fail. We also can have confidence when we're in that situation of God's love. Somebody say God's love. Difficulties and setbacks are much easier to endure when we receive the love of those closest to us. Mm-hmm. Even when we face problems of our own making, there, are, there is a confidence that comes with knowing we are loved regardless of our faults. God does not mean we will not have to endure the earthly consequences of our sins. Wise parents often allow their children to experience the repercussions of their bad behaviors to keep them from repeating those mistakes. God loves us more than any human parent ever could. We may not always understand his ways, just as our children do not always comprehend the action of what we do. But we can rest assured that he loves us. Our trials and tribulations do not change the fact that God loves us. Finally, we can have confidence in God's will for our life. Shall I not drink the cup which my Father has given me? That's John 18 and 11. Even in crisis, Jesus knew God was in control. Nothing was going to happen that was not a part of his plan. Jesus previously had declared, I lay down my life that I might take it up again. No man making it from me, no man take it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. In other words, Jesus' enemies 
they did not have the final say, regardless of how much power they seems to possess. Can I tell you somebody, death don't have the final word in your life. Suffering don't have the final word in your life. I'm telling you, hear me this morning, somebody. Your bad situation that you're in, that you're frustrated about, that you're hurting, that you're discouraged about, it does not have the final word in your life. I'm here to tell you regardless of how powerful your situation may seem, how much it seems to not be going away, how much it seems to have you captive, I'm here to tell you it only seems that way. It's not that way because it does not have the final say. It does not have all power over you. I'm here to tell you the boundaries of their actions already had been predetermined. And so whatever your situation is, those boundaries, where how far it can go, what it can do, it's already predetermined. However your situation is working, it's already predetermined. It can't do any more than God says it can do. That's why the Bible says He will not put more on you than you can bear because the boundaries are already determined. What will happen to you already is determined. And so rest easy and know God is with you. Rest easy and know that God has made you a victor and not a victim and not a failure and not one that is a curse. This gave Jesus the confidence to look Pontius Pilate in the face and say, you could have no power at all against me unless it had been given you from above. Remember the scripture in Matthew, Jesus says, all power is given to me in heaven and in earth. Huh. So if you got any kind of power, it came from heaven. Amen. And if you think you have power, you may not really have power because the only power that you can utilize is the power that comes from heaven. Uh huh. You think God gave the devil his power? Think about that, because we think the devil is powerful. You think the only way he can be powerful is if God gave him some power. Because right. if God have all power, who else has power? Mm-hmm. Only the people that God allowed to share the power with. Right. So you think he shared his power with the devil? No, he absolutely did not. Which means, don't get scared, the devil don't have no power. Mm. Don't get oh. scared. He don't have no power. Barely. Not for a child of God. Not for a child of God. Mm-hmm. He don't have no power. And even for anyone... All he does is deceive and work trickery to get your buy-in. He deceives you. He tricks you. He 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 is a he is a uh, uh, he makes he it's an illusion that he creates for you to make you think something that's not, so he can use you, take advantage of you. If you are a child of God, negative circumstances cannot destroy you. People do not have the final say in your life. Hear me, this is, you got to hear what I'm saying. You got to hear what I'm saying. Because I'm, I'm, I'm almost done. I'm closing. Give me a few more minutes. I'm, I'm there. If you are a child of God, negative circumstances cannot destroy you. Amen. Mm-hmm. 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 What Jesus said, don't fear him that can destroy the body and not the soul. And God. Amen. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is working. Come on, Jesus. Jesus said, don't fear him that can destroy the body, but not the, but not the soul. Fear him who can destroy both body and soul. Amen. And so the most important thing you have is your soul. Yes. And the only one that can destroy that is Jesus and you with your actions. 
people do not have the final say in your life. No matter how powerful they seem to be, Satan himself does not have authority over you. God is in control. His plan will carry out. His purpose for your life will be fulfilled. Nobody has power over you if you're a child of God. That's why you need to become a child of God if you're not one. Hear me today. If you're listening to this this man preached today. I want you to hear me good. If you have not given your life to God, why would you not do so? You know when you give your life to God, nothing has power over you. Because God is your defense. God is your shield and your buckler. God is your protector. God is your strong tower where you can run in and just be kept and be protected. He will hide you in the shadow. And so if you know all of this about God, why wouldn't you just do what he tells you to do, uh, to be born again of the water of the Spirit. Uh, oh, I hear something in the Holy Ghost. I hear something in the Holy Ghost. Uh, oh, God, help us today. Hallelujah. Hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. I heard something in the Holy Ghost. Because of God's goodness and God's mercy, because God has shown you goodness and because God has shown you grace and because God has shown you mercy, Hear me, somebody. It doesn't mean it's okay for you to stay in the state that you're in. It doesn't mean it's okay for you to be right where you are and thinking that everything is going to be okay. You're saying to yourself, everything has been all right up until now, but we just read earlier this morning, it could be all right up until now, and then all of a sudden, it will not be all right. All of a sudden, the Word of God said there's going to come a time where you're going to hear peace, 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 and all of a sudden, there will be a destruction and so you don't know the hour you don't know the day, you don't know the times, you don't know the circumstance because things seem like it's alright right now, I don't want you to be comfortable, I want you to be stirred up this morning, I want you to feel challenged this morning that if you're not born again of the water of the spirit, if you're not saved, you need to do what God says to do, to get saved don't you take for granted his goodness, his mercy his grace. Don't you take it for granted. He loves you so much, but he can't let you in heaven if you're not obedient to the plan of salvation. He just don't let you in because he's just going to let you in. What he require of one, he's required of all. Help us 
today, Lord. Help us today, Lord. Somebody hear the word of God. Hear the word of God. God came to this world and he manifested himself as a man and he made himself a servant. He humbled himself. He went through a whole lot for you and for me. We know that Jesus laid down his life, allowed himself to be crucified, and three days later came forth from the grave triumphantly. The tables had been turned against Satan, and the forces, their elaborate scheme imploded. Death in the grave, which previously had been undefeated, suddenly knew what it was like to lose. The best part of this story is that his victory was a precursor to ours. His victory is now our victory. Jesus' victory is now our victory, but it's our victory when we obey his plan of salvation. When we do what we're supposed to do, his victory becomes our victory. When we are in trouble, the one who already triumphed comes to the rescue. For in that he himself has suffered, being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted as well. Death turned into victory. Tears transformed into triumph. Rebuke was replaced with comfort in words from heaven. Jesus accomplished it all at the cross. It was history's greatest miracle and it is still unfolding today. At the cross we can experience a personal turnaround. We can exchange our sins for his salvation. We can trade hopelessness for the promise of heaven. Oh, God is moving someplace and stuff. God is moving in houses here. I'm trying to finish up here and I feel God moving because he has spoken. God is moving in some people's home right now. Right now, I know God is moving. There's somebody that's crying out to God right now. There's somebody that's crying out to God. There's somebody worshiping God. There's somebody, loved one, that's being touched right now, and you're trying to restrain yourself, but God has come into your home. God has broken into your home and trying to help people, trying to loose you, trying to set you free. Let God have his way now, my brother. Let God have his way now, my sister. God is moving in somebody's home. Let him have his way. Let's all raise our hand and begin to pray. God, will you continue to move in the homes of all of our families, Lord? Will you, oh God, set the captives free like only you can? Will you loose them, oh God, from being bound? Will you break the invisible chains? Oh God, will you break the shackles, Lord God? Will you deliver them from a mind that is in bondage, Lord God? In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray faith will begin to operate. I pray the power of God will begin to do. Oh God, what only the power of God to do. That there will be a transformation. That there will be such a conviction that God, they will obey your word to do what you call them to do. To take on, oh God, the great privilege of receiving the salvation of the Lord. Oh yes, Lord, have your way. Have your way. Have your way. We worship you. We praise you and adore you, oh God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. 
of Jesus. Come on, person. Let God have his way. Oh, God. Will somebody open their mouth? Don't you be ashamed. Don't you be ashamed. Just begin to talk in tongues. Right next to your spouse. Just let it loose. Right next to your loved one. Just let it loose. Let the Holy Ghost have his way. Let the power of God move. Let the Spirit take control. Begin to just give God what he wants you to give him. Allow yourself to be used by the power from on high. Oh, hallelujah. Why don't you put your hand on the person next to you and begin to pray for them and say in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, touch them right now and say in the name of Jesus, Lord, have your way. In the name of Jesus, Lord, do what you want to do. Lord, do what you want to do. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, have your way, Almighty God. Let the will of God be done. Blessed be the name of 
the Lord. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Lord, we give you praise. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you.
I love you. I love your family. Continue to trust the Lord. Continue to stay connected. And continue to just allow God to work in your life. I don't even want to leave you today. This is where I just wish we were in the building because I just want to just let the presence of the Lord continue to linger among us and that we can have great fellowship with one another, eat some beef patties and just get crumbs all on the floor where the people got to clean up and you don't, you know, Sister Sharon got to be vacuuming your patty crumbs and stuff. And I wish that's what we were doing today. You know what I mean? Kids spilling their stuff and running around. Oh, man. I miss you all. I love you so very much. And I look forward to when God bring us in the building. I'm not rushing God. I'm not, I can't rush him. I'm just going to just enjoy what he's doing. And when he bring us back in the building, uh, I believe we're going to be better and stronger than ever. Lord, thank you for a moving that we experience of your spirit today. For your blessings, for your word. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of the body of Christ and to do the kingdom. I pray that you'll bless and keep every one of us, that you will open doors for those that need doors open, that you'll provide for those that need provision, and that, Lord God, you will bring us back to the place where we need to be in you if we have strayed away, Lord God. Bring us back on track, Lord God, if we've strayed away. Keep us, Lord God, in the fold, if you will. I pray, Lord God, that the love of God will shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost and cause others to see who you are, Lord. Lord, I pray your protection over every one of us, over our families, our loved ones. Lord, bless our relationships. Lord, draw us closer to you. And Lord, we will not fail to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Somebody say, in Jesus' name. God bless you, church. I love you. Talk to you on Thursday. Generations, your family, and your children.